What's up, ladies? What's up, gentlemen? Today we have a very special guest on the podcast, along with Charlie and Emmett and I. Today we are joined by Michael Lim, the only Mellow Yellow. What's up, Michael? Yes, sir. I'm glad to be here today. Um, I've been waiting to be on the podcast for a while now. So, uh, yeah, this is, this is like a dream come true right now. Yes, sir. Um, so today it's going to be just a chill podcast episode. Not really going to dive into much like analytical stuff per se. We're just going to do a couple questions with Mikey here. We're going to talk some hoops and just uh, talk some hip hop. Let's go. So, uh, yeah. We have a fun episode today. So, Micah, I, I, my first question for you is, who is your biggest musical inspiration? Because we know yet you're a pretty big artist now. Have right. over 1,200 followers on Instagram. So, and th- and, and 3,000 listens and plays on the Sunflower, yeah. I believe. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Shout, out. Shout out that. So, biggest inspiration, who is it? This, this is a question that I actually get a lot uh, nowadays, but... Man, it, it, it's it's a toss up between uh, I want to say for like because, you know, I'm a producer and a rapper. Right. So I have uh, multiple inspirations from each side, but definitely Lecrae and Tupac for uh, my rapping side of things. I feel like um, those guys were the ones who really like got me off to start, you know, making music. And uh, you know that I've been switching more to the producing like lo-fi side of things lately. Um and I definitely want to say huge shout out to uh, Tom Dooley and Elijah Nang. Um, both of them super dupe, super like really dope guys and uh, even better producers, I want to say. Uh, and those guys just have unmatched talent that I haven't seen like anywhere else. And yeah, shout out to them. Dope. And Micah, I have a question for you as well. Um, if you guys, I don't think. And from mostly audio, you can't really see. Mike is wearing a Lakers jersey right now. So, you know, yes, obviously, Mike is a big West Coast Lakers fan. Always so, Mike, who's your, um, who's your top five Lakers of all time? It can be favorite. Oh. Let's go with favorite. Oh, man. Definitely. Okay. You know, I have to put Jeremy Lin on my top five just because he's Jeremy Lin. Yes, sir. <laughs> go. But, uh, Lin Sanity. In, in no particular order. I'm going with Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Magic Johnson, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Can't go wrong with that list. No Shaq? No Shaq? Uh, you know, it's always a toss-up for me with uh, Shaq, LeBron, and uh, yeah, Shaq and LeBron. Because, you know, LeBron's only been on the Lakers for two it's years now. Year. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yes, it's third year, but... Um, the only reason I have LeBron up there is because he he gave us the the chip, and uh, this is no disrespect to LeBron. It's just he hasn't been on the team long enough. I feel like for him to really cement his uh, legacy there. So that's why, mm-hmm. if if I had to remove someone, I would remove LeBron for Shaq. And the fact that I think it's funny how with the Lakers, he can be like, yeah, LeBron's like maybe top five Lakers. Like, yeah, yeah. So, like that's crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, Emmett, you have any questions? Any uh, stuff you want to ask, Micah? Maybe oh. technical. All issues? right. Um, well, I have another one for Micah while we're waiting for Emmett. Um, so, who is the most overrated rapper in the game mm. right oh. now on March sixth at one seventeen a.m.? Who is the most overrated? Yeah, I want to say, you know, okay, this is 
I'm going to get a lot of hate for this one because, you know, I'm from Atlanta also. And, oh, no, uh, I think I know who it is. <laughs> uh, no, 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 Gunna no. Gunna is the most overrated rapper uh, in the game right now. And this is no disrespect to his music. You know, he's killing it in the game right now. But he literally wasted so many amazing producers beats. And as a producer slash rapper myself, uh, just hearing someone flow the same like two bar flow for three minutes on a really good beat on multiple tracks uh you know it kind of pains me a little bit so that's why i'm going with gonna most overrated rapper in the game right now i get that because on one of like his latest album there's a lot of good beats on there by Weezy. he would he went crazy oh, yeah. on those beats <laughs> and i'm a big gonna fan but like I'm not a huge gun fan, but I, I listen to him a lot, and I do get where you're coming from. He does have a lot of the same flow on songs, so I he is a good that. feature though. If if you want a oh, feature, always like, he he's gonna kill it. Um, so Micah, we talked we talked about uh, J Cole before. Um, for you guys who don't know, mostly you know Charlie and I, are big J Cole oh. fans. Micah, I think I could say the same for you, right? Oh yeah, for sure. All right, so um, I'm gonna. It's a two part question. So one. I need to know. So, like, what's your favorite J. Cole album? 2014, Forest Hills Drive. All right. All right. That's pretty, you know, classic. Yeah. Pretty undisputed. All right. Now, what's your, um, let's go with top three tracks on that album. Top you know, we can, three uh, yeah. tracks. Walker, I want to hear yours after his. Uh, I, I feel like uh, Love Yours is just a classic track. And, uh, it, you know, I'm, I'm really all about that uplifting type of music. And uh, he, he definitely has that uplifting feel on that track. So love yours. Then I'm going to go with no role models. Uh, and I, I know I'm sounding like an absolute bandwagon right now, but I've listened to this album multiple times front to back. And uh, those are just like my most replayed tracks probably. In this third spot, it's always a toss up between so many tracks. Actually, I want I'll list the tracks that have um the third spot for me january 28th uh tale two cities what dreams we can't go wrong with that and uh g-o-m-d and out of those i feel like tale two cities has got to be my favorite um my third favorite track off the album it but that that whole project is is a really amazing project and you can't really go wrong with any of the songs on it uh facts um I charlie said you want to I definitely think Tale of Two Cities is definitely so underrated, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. It's, it's extremely underrated track. When people go over 2014, uh, Forest Hills Drive, they usually talk about um, January 28th, Love Yours, like you said. Um, yeah. Go, G-O-M-D, so, uh, tracks like that, but they never even mention Tale of Two Cities. But, uh, Walker, I want to hear your top three. Um, again, like this, um, like probably, it's probably one of, the, one of the more better, like, well, obviously, like, possibly a top 10 album of the decade if we're being honest like that may be a bit biased but no, I mean, when you talk about facts. when you talk about Forest Hills Drive there. like there's like not a lot of albums you can say that like you, like you can literally listen to any song for any mood um but my top three and probably in this order Love Yours has to go first um it's his, his lyrics on that go crazy um you ever need like a bit of um uplifting like Micah said a bit of just um appreciating what you have Love Yours is a Automatic classic. Um, now I'm gonna go with January 28th because his flow on that go crazy. The really back, the really That's back. your favorite song, I swear. That is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, like that one, great that one. one. Line, it's great. Yeah, that one, that one line just gives me so hype. And then yeah. um, I, I'm gonna try to hear Tale of Two Cities in my top three. I mean, 
Like, if you just want to feel like, you know, you can conquer the world, nice, watch, run it. Like, you got to play that. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah that, that part goes crazy. Yeah, you can't go wrong. But again, like, again, it's just a, such a classic album. Charlie, how about you? All right, well, I got to put Love Yours up there. Um, I kind of was late on the bandwagon of Love Yours, but after listening to it about 100 times, it's definitely, definitely mm-hmm. one of the great ones. Um, underrated one, in my opinion, is Fire Squad. I love Fire Squad. Yeah, um, yeah. And then, but like, mm-hmm. there's so much, there's so many good ones. Um, a Tale of Two Cities, like you said, was great, but I think the third, my third favorite probably is January 28th. And then O3 yeah. Adolescence is like fourth. For me. Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised uh, we, we didn't have any uh, wet dreams in our top three. Classic. <laughs> um, it's, it, no, it's a classic. It's just, just like a little, every uh, song in that is a classic. Every song in that is a classic. Oh, like yeah. I love, um, like apparently, I mean, that, that's, a, oh, yeah, yeah. that's a banger too great um all right let's see any other questions we can think of right now um charlie you can think of any i have a couple written down um yeah i have a couple um so the next one is uh how do you feel about the lakers title chances as of today okay so as of today uh i i'm not gonna say we're gonna win the finals or anything because i feel like it's still a little too early to tell there's still a lot of moves being made i mean you guys just saw with uh blake griffin i'm not sure if it's confirmed yet but he is looking to go to the nets and that's a crazy move but yeah it was Lakers, confirmed oh it was confirmed well oh, man. he he's interested in uh there's a list he's interested in the lakers the nets any title contender team clippers. he's interested in clippers mm. yes that was one of his top t- teams okay did he also okay, say, wait, he's had another one, though. Yeah, there's a list. His... Yeah, yeah, he yeah. had like four. I think he had four, but keep on yeah. going. Yeah. Um, but for the Lakers with AD and Braun out, uh, we can see how they're playing. And uh, we we need another role model on our team to uh, really step up their game. And uh, I feel like once we get that player set, because right now we're, we're running through a lot of people. It's... Uh, I feel like Dennis Schroeder, uh, Kuzma is highly underrated and overhated in my opinion. Um, but we we need one guy to really step up their game, you know, start getting a consistent double double going um, when Bron and AD are out. Because right now we're we're kind of falling apart as a team without them, and uh, it, it makes sense. But in terms of title contention, I I only see my Lakers unfortunately going to conference finals. Mm. I'm not sure right now uh in the state of the team even with Bron and ad back uh injuries are a little bit of a problem for ad recently so well we'll just have to see how the team is looking during the playoffs i think you also have to look at marcus all because marcus all i'm sorry but that's yeah. really good Bro, he is booty season, juice it's been, it's been awful. <laughs> he is old and like yeah. the montrez Harrell signing i like montrez My, Harrell, but he listen. has nothing defensively yeah yeah I agree. He's an offensive threat. Yeah, I, I would like rebounding. to uh, add. I would like to add. Um, I was so excited for Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder because I thought the Lakers were mm. insta champions, especially with Gasol. Yeah. And um, seriously, Schroeder, he's disappointed me a lot. He was really good last season and uh, kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. I know this uh, Lakers team is uh, very, there's a lot of stars on it, and uh, he's a, scoring point guard he's not too much of a playmaker he's a playmaker but he's yeah. more of a scorer he's no and, um, yeah, I, I'm really no bummed about Harold 
I thought Harold was going to be one of those pieces to where they could have him on the floor when the bench unit was out and they would feel confident. But the bench unit looks really bad when LeBron mm-hmm. and AD aren't on the court. The Lakers have an issue. Yeah, that's so, so true. Um, if Schroeder can step up or Harold can step up, I think they're title contenders. But right now, if it stays the same, I agree with you. I think Western Conference Finals. I think if you look at their team construction, it doesn't really fit LeBron the best. Of course, the big men like Montrezl Harrell, who are rim-running bigs, um, mm-hmm. they fit pretty nicely. And Anthony Davis, of course, they're probably one of the best duos, if not the best duo in the league right now. Mm-hmm. But if you look, Dennis Schroeder, who they acquired in the offseason, isn't really just a spot-up shooter. And when you want when you when you have a guy like LeBron, you need shooters where he can penetrate the defense and he can kick mm-hmm. it out because that's what his his strong suit is. So I definitely think that they'll I think they'll go to the Western Conference Finals. I think they'll probably play the Clippers, win in seven, then lose in six versus the Nets, probably. Yeah. I feel like I mean, uh, an estimate right now. Yeah. Uh you, you kind of for me, it's it's kind of difficult to, you know, keep up with all the games and especially with my Hawks. I st- I need to watch a lot more of them to really <laughs> give some valid opinions on it. But uh, for for the Lakers, I've been watching a lot of them, and mm-hmm. uh, you need th- that starting lineup needs to have. Uh, well, if, if you don't have Braun or AD, you need to have a guy who can run the offense well, right? And as a scoring point guard, Dennis Schroeder is. Uh, I I, th- I think he really needs to step it up with his uh, passing game and. That that's that's one of the things about this off season, this past off season. I I didn't like the move to, uh, I don't know what it was if they just didn't resign him, but leaving out Rondo and uh, Dwight and McGee, I feel like those were some of the worst moves that we've made in recent time. I I just can't imagine after winning like that, and then we just removed some of our best uh, playmaking bigs and uh, point guards. I feel like if we just kept those guys and maybe took out uh, Keith, I feel like Keith is a mm-hmm. little bit of a liability right now. Um, mm-hmm. And KCP, um, he was good in the playoffs a little bit uh, near the end, but yeah, I I'm really disappointed with how he's <laughs> been playing. And uh, and you guys might know, may or may not know, but I I really mess with Kuzma because when he's on the offense, the he he's always you know, a lot of times we have guys like Keith that are just standing there waiting for the ball to be passed to them. He's always cutting and uh, having a lot of offensive movement and his defense has actually improved a lot. I don't know if you guys have been watching the games, but he's kind of been locking down Loki. So if, if you, if you just see his improvement, I feel like he deserves a spot on the team, but Keith and KCP, mm-hmm. and we got to do something about them. We got to start uh, building our players up to fit the offense a little better. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, he was one of my uh, offensive, or he was one of my players that I wanted the Pistons to target at the trade deadline mm-hmm. because um, I thought we could maybe trade one of our old veteran guys because the Lakers want to win now mm-hmm. and um, winning now, like they have to win now. So I was yeah. thinking I would love to have traded one of our veterans for him, but Blake Griffin's already gone. So. <laughs> But I, I agree. Kuzma is, I think, very overhated. There's just Kuzma slander everywhere, everywhere yeah. you yeah. look. So uh, I think it maybe is maybe a style a bit. His outfits can be a bit. Yeah, um, a bit yeah. he's a, he's a bit much. He's just a bit much. He just overdoes it a little bit. 
it. Oh, um, I also got I definitely news. think Rondo was the biggest was the biggest loss because no doubt about if, it. If you look at the if you watch the playoffs, he's probably their third best player because he was and playing like, insanely good in that in that run. It's playoff Rondo, and, man. I know. And Charlie, like, go ahead, Emmett. I got exciting news for you, Charlie. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard, but Carl Slaver is returning in March. Let's you go. About that yet? Ooh, you heard about uh, that yet? That's good. I, I, oh, yeah, I he, dropped him on my fantasy his, team because I thought he was going to be yeah. out for the rest of the year. Yeah, he just <laughs> – um, And now Emmett has con- him on his injured reserve. Full mm. contact workout. He's doing workouts, and um, they expect him to come back after the All-Star break sometime. That is so, crazy. I just want to let you know because we talked about that maybe – I don't know how many weeks ago that was now, but we talked about that, and um, yeah. Good for it's him. Speedy recovery from cancer. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, Micah, I have a question for you. Just going back a bit to um, your rap career part. Um, mm-hmm. So what's, what's the song process like for you? Like, do you, like, you know, when you feel an emotion that you want to write about, how quickly do you do it? How, like, how quickly do you try to make the beat, you know, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, you know, I'm glad you asked that question because I feel like the process that I use, uh, I don't know if any artists are going to be listening to this, but um I, I hope they are because for me I, I feel like it's important to learn about how fellow artists are working in uh their processes of work but for me on a solo song I always make the beat first I, I always create an emotion that you know I want to capture so um like like when Kobe passed I was like I was I was really feeling down right and uh rest in peace Kobe 2-4 man um yeah. So after that happened, uh, I really just went to um, just capture a lot of capture a lot of emotions. Right. The the process to making a song doesn't start with the beat or the lyrics. It starts with you uh, figuring out how you want to convey it. So a lot of times that may just be, you know, taking walks, going to play basketball a little more and uh, just really being outdoors and um, kind of finding yourself. Right. That kind of meditation type stuff. And uh, from there, you can uh, really figure out how you want to make a vibe, right? Um, one of my recent songs, Blend In, my, my latest track that I just dropped, uh, the process for that took over, over like eight months to create that. And uh, it started off with this one beat that I was working on with this guitar loop, right? And a lot, this is how it happens a lot. You, you make something with a cool loop or something like that, some nice drums, but, you know, it just doesn't really work out. And then you re, 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 you revisit <laughs> you revisit that like six months later, and uh, you you have some new inspirations at this point, right? And you lay some drums down over it, and you're like, oh my gosh, this might sound really good. And after you make the beat, I, I always start with the beat first. I I never really write lyrics because it's kind of dumb. You don't you don't know what cadence you're going for or uh, any sort of rhythm to match the beat, right? So after that, I write lyrics. Lyrics might be the shortest time in the process that it takes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a really quick writer. I like to also spend a lot of time on it because um, a lot of times when you're when you're a quick writer, you may pass over stuff that you're like, oh, I can change that. And that happens a lot during the recording process. Recording process takes up the majority of the time in a in a track, actually. Um, I don't know if it's just me and me being slow when I'm recording, but I sometimes take uh not hundreds but close to 100 takes on a lot of songs just to really perfect it because um 
like I'll wear out my vo- my vocal cords for like three hours just to make it sound good. And uh, that's really just the process, you know, uh, it, it's long and it depends on it really just depends on the situation, but definitely beat lyrics, recording, and then you spend like five months mastering it and then and then you release it. Yes, sir. Heard, heard it here first. That, uh, the Micah, the yep. Micah Lem process. It, hey, it may take a while, but you already know it's going to be heat. Oh, yeah. Um, I got one more question for you. So, Micah, what's it? Because obviously the hip hop industry, the rap industry, not necessarily, you know, dominated by, you know, Korean Americans, um, you know, Asian Americans overall. So what, what's that process like for you trying to represent a culture and just trying to represent a uh, minority? You know, uh, I feel like it, it just comes out. Uh, you have to be you, you know, you have to have uh, your own style kind of to this thing. And, you know, I'm still figuring that out, whether it be with my production or my lyrics. But uh, it, it's just a process. It takes time, you know, to figure out how you are and to represent like a whole race. Um, it, it's not about that necessarily it's it's repping yourself first and if you're putting yourself in a good light then that will uh represent your entire uh race right and i feel like that's that's just the goal right now just um i i heard this from my brother um bright individual and uh he he told me i mean we we both knew this already but he was like whatever you put out that that's going to be there forever you know so you need to really work on what you what you're putting out make sure that your lyrics are talking about something that's actually meaningful and from there on that's how you represent yourself that's how you represent your whole race and for my fellow korean korean americans out there uh you know just keep being you and you know we're gonna we're gonna take over the game man that's right um charlie you have any um, other questions or anything else to go over regarding this that interview part per se well i really want to know who you think he is the goat of rap who's because me and me and walker are big kanye fans yeah not, maybe think... not a rapper but definitely best artist of all time in my mm. okay best so ever this this is a tough i said one. it this is a tough one you guys say kanye is the goat right uh i mean it's this is similar to the LeBron Jordan goat conversation, but there's um, so many more options. In rap. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it just it's it's all subjective in terms of music, but comparing from different generations, it's just uh, a a difficult thing to do, you know. And I I, I want to take this kind of generation by generation, and then we can kind of decide who's who's like the greatest greatest. Um, Tupac is my goat. 90s. Tupac is my goat for the old golden era of hip hop. I I just feel like he has so much influence even now. And as someone from the someone who's born in Atlanta, but has like heavy influences from the West Coast, you know, I just I just have to go with him. And for my 2000s, this is is highly controversial, but I'm going with Eminem for my greatest artist of the 2000s. There we go. He he dominated the early 2000s. I, I just oh, feel like he never he, he never it. missed yeah. he never missed mm. um yeah definitely for the 2000s era that that's my goat for the 10s era now th- this is where things get complicated because you're you're really going over that switch to trap music and 
this is a toss up between. No, no, it's not a toss up. It's Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar is the go of the 2010s. That's no no question about it. Um, and if you you can try and argue that with me, but you're you're not gonna get anywhere. Kendrick Lamar is the go of the 2010s. Yeah. yeah. Um. He had three t- uh, 10 out of 10 albums. So yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I mean, he, for did, like, he didn't miss. And then like you the have J. albums Cole. like Section 80 or uh, Section yeah. 180 is like it's yeah. not. So Pimp a Butterfly 10, is crazy. is might be my favorite album of all time. And it's like, yeah, for the whole like J. Cole Kendrick debate, like, like it again, music is so subjective. Like you, right. everyone has their own thing. But like even from from a very like diehard J. Cole fan, like when you're uh you know favorite artist only drops i mean what is it like five albums um you know there's always so much of an argument you can make but yeah it's such a they're both just yeah so i think we need to stop comparing artists and just being able to appreciate just how great they are especially in basketball too anything yeah for sure for sure i don't know if you guys want my like uh official goat or anything but uh as someone who was raised in the 2010s kendrick lamar for me I just feel like his influence over the game was just not, he hasn't even dropped like an insane amount of music either, but the power that he just brings to the table with his uh, energy and lyrics, I feel like he brings the best out of both worlds with the um, old heads and the young generation that's coming mm-hmm. up now. And uh, yeah, he, he's my goat. Well, I think he's I think... probably the greatest rapper ever. Yeah, um, yeah, but I think greatest artist it's Kanye because he's so much more. I, no offense, Kendrick, but I think Kanye is much more creative. Greatest artist, I would go with MF Doom. I just feel like, as a producer and and a rapper, man, uh, I love Kanye, but I don't know. You you just you just get a different feeling when you're when you're listening to MF Doom, man. Uh, his production is just different, and he is the greatest lyricist. Not not with uh. He, he doesn't have the greatest influence on on a, anything and he doesn't have the same power but mf doom is the greatest skilled most skilled lyricist of all time and mm-hmm. uh i just feel like with the production too if you're looking for an all-around artist then uh i feel, I feel like he, he might be the goat but i think one thing charlie and i really like to talk about was kanye is um and again we're not we're not we're not debating we're just talking hip-hop mm-hmm. um no, obviously, like no one's trying to change anyone's opinions. For you, I think We're Charlie. Talking. For us, I think the fact that Kanye has dropped nine single albums, single. Yeah, nine, nine. I believe it's nine. And he obviously dropped collab um, albums with Jay Z and Cuddy. But um, I think what Charlie and I like both. Yeah, is both just classics. How yeah. like each Kanye album is so incredibly unique, and I think that's what Charlie and I really like about it. Like you know, you're gonna get your more. 2003 college dropout like you know what you're gonna get from that but then you just go to yeezus and it's like yeah and then you go to 808 <laughs> where it's, which is a really sad album and then you go to yeah. like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy which is very i would say it's very weird it's a, just a weird album but i love it it's yeah. one of my favorites i know the weird dude i mean yeah to be honest <laughs> I mean, he brings it musically i yeah. feel like if you're if you're comparing discographies kanye has to be up there has to yeah be. he he's either one or two and mm-hmm. I don't think he's two. Um, so if you're just comparing discographies like that, for me, I feel like you need to have your, uh, in, in terms of an artist, when you're comparing artists, you really want to have that one like tone that you can always feel from that artist. So like with Kendrick, you're always going to get like that 
wisdom kind of from his music and with uh call you're just gonna get like a just a good song every time you know um but with kanye it's and this is what we're saying with the discographies it's it's all around like and this is not a bad thing this is not a bad thing and uh his his discography is just so spread out everywhere i feel like it's uh difficult to compare him as like a single artist rather than comparing his album his individual albums so that that's just my take on kanye's music you know um one more question about kanye and then we'll move on um <laughs> i've got to know what's your um let's go top three kanye albums um what what, what is it for you okay the this is a, you can't go wrong you, i think i know what album walker's gonna say that's gonna blow mike's mind i i want to say i think I and this is just in, not from a uh perspective where it's, this is not from like a rating perspective this is just enjoyment of the album Life of Pablo might have been my most enjoyed album that I listened to from Kanye. I just feel like it matches with my uh, vibes that I like. Um, then number two, I want to say 808s and Heartbreak. It's it's just a classic, and uh, you know, as as someone whose whose username is uh, Moto Heartbreak, you know, I just have to go with that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I really like the vibes that he put out there. Um, you really couldn't go wrong with that one either. And this is a more recent Kanye album, but it's one of my favorites and it has so much replay off of it. Kids See Ghost yeah, is my number three go. Kanye album. Um, but again, there's so many, so much good music that he's put out. It's so hard to compare and uh, make a top three list about it. Uh, Walker, you go. Okay, so... I'm going to go with my top three. I'm going to mention my number four because it's like mostly on the bottom for most people. So Damn, what's, number one, what's number one, I'm going to go to college dropout. Um, mm. family, family Business was the first like really rap song I ever heard. And that's like completely just, that's what got me into hip hop. Well, that's a pretty good song to get into. It's um, a good, very good one. Yeah, uh, very good. Obviously Through the Wires, was the use of TikTok is iconic now. Um, the story behind that's sick too. Overall, just good album. And it's for a debut album, probably one of the greatest debuts. Um, number two, I'm going to go with The Life of Pablo um, mm. as well. Uh, Ultralight Beam is probably one of my favorite Kanye songs. Yes. Uh, Chance's feature on that is, it's I think that's probably immaculate. That's probably my favorite Chance. Like, yeah, for I guess, sure. I don't know if you want to say song, but probably like favorite couple verses. Um, and I'm going to go with Graduation, uh, his second album. Uh, I'd really like the vibes on that. It's just kind of hype and it's just good. Mm. All right. And at number four. Definitely a positive album. Like number four. Um, I'm going to go with Yay. Number four is Yay. Oh. Now, yeah, I knew now, it. I knew it was a lot of people dislike this album. It was, I, I will say, it was rushed. Seven song album. But like, I last don't know two, why. Last two songs are good. Aren't good? Violet Crimes. Violet, no, are, are good. Okay. Okay, are good. okay. Yeah. Ghost Town and um, Violet Crimes violent crimes and just like honestly like his song where he's talking about like how he doesn't want his daughter to like turn into um i guess like he said nikki right nikki minaj like that lyricism is absolutely like insane um and like he's like how real he is he like he really wants to protect his daughter which you know some people may see as negative you know whatever your opinion is on it um this is a good album um but yeah that's just a bit you know bit out there but that's just that's it for me Charlie, what about you all right, for three, I think I'll have late registration, which is I, I, uh, I'm a big fan of that album. 
Uh, obviously, I like Touch the Sky, um, Drive Slow, Hey Mama. I like those ones. And then for my number two, I'll go Life of Pablo because um, obviously Ultralight Beam is great. Um, and also, I'm a big fan of No More Parties in L.A. That's probably one of my favorite songs yeah. ever. Maybe not ever, but it's one of my top Kanye songs. And then um, my number one is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy because it has some, it has, I think, some great three song runs and also has three of my like favorite songs ever. It has um, Dark Fantasy, of course, uh, has Gorgeous, which is, has a uh, crazy guitar solo. Or not, not really a crazy guitar solo, but has Cuddy in it. It's a good song. And then probably my favorite song ever is Devil in a New Dress because rick ross goes insane on the last verse connie's hook is crazy and then the guitar solo is the best so yeah those are my three and then um i'm gonna throw back to the nba real quick who do you think is the most surprising team so far this year micah uh this is not really a question uh that the new york knicks are the most surprising team I've seen in my, in my life so far that is they came out of nowhere um, from playing how they did last year to how they are right now. Uh, the, the transformation of the team with Julius Randle and uh, Emmanuel quickly, like all those guys, they're just hooping. And uh, it's, it's actually a really fun team to watch. And uh, Julius Randle all-star. Yeah, I think, um i know all of us are pretty young so like we've never really necessarily seen the knicks like be good we've never seen um, them good i think like the closest <laughs> thing we i think the closest thing like you know when we've actually been watching NBA and talking about it was probably the Kristaps era and even that was still or uh 2011 yeah i think it was 2013 won like 50 games right and yeah the knicks have had their like iconic you know, iconic runs, iconic and the super um, team, games. of course, with Derrick Rose and Chris. Oh yeah, joking, oh yeah. <laughs> so my only yeah, issue and... with the Knicks, my only issue with the Knicks is mm-hmm. that technically they have had the third easiest schedule in the NBA, and uh, really haven't played anyone too crazy. Yeah, that's um, true. Uh, like I get a lot of crap for the Pistons being trash and talking a lot of smack about other teams, but we played the <laughs> yeah, second you... hardest schedule in the league. That's so, true. Um, that's my only issue with the Knicks. Emmanuel mm. quickly is probably like one of my, he's my top five. Like, he's a top five rookie this season. He's playing so good. Yeah. And um, I, I really like quickly, but um, I, yeah, I, I don't think the Knicks, I don't know if they'll make the play. I think they'll be like, nine ten seed i don't think they'll stay in the playoffs but we'll see they might i mean and if, if they I'm do the that would be cool if i'm in the plan i don't want to play the knicks because they just want yeah. more than everyone else they just want yeah, more they, they yeah teams, teams they, the they will be the best really team up well, in the so. uh in they will probably too. be the best team in the uh yeah for sure because i i think like this overall like we can all agree that this has been such a good year for the nba like really like every mm. team is competitive and like obviously records don't really show that i shouldn't say every team but like even Minnesota. like the, <laughs> <laughs> like, the fact that they still have like like cat and deandre russell and obviously anthony edwards we played five games together though yeah so i mean which is insane like they like the league is in really good hands um yeah like, i think it's just been a good year for the nba because like for the first time like we don't know who's really gonna win it and like you know 
Cause it's always been the Warriors, right? But but now right. Right, now it's like, are the Nets gonna get it? Lakers gonna re, uh, re, repeat? Now the Clippers have a chip on their shoulder. Um, Sixers, JoJo and Simmons. I mean, it's it's gonna be fun. I'm MVP'd. really excited. Yeah, it's gonna be a good year. All right, Micah, I have a question for you about the All Star Game. Um, who do you think was the biggest all-star snub? And um, oh. should we just – let's go original team since there's been a lot of injuries. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. D-book. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah, I agree. All right. You got to tell me more about that. Uh, I feel like D-book and uh, Trey Young, biggest snubs of the of the all-star game. I just uh, – you see their production that they're making on the field, and I just don't understand how – how they can't make the team, but I mean, shout out to all the guys who made the all-star game this year. Um, I know we have to, you know, decide who we want to take out, right? Like if you want to put someone back in, I'm taking out Jalen Brown and putting in D book or Trey young. I just feel like um, Jalen Brown still needs some work to do. And uh, with him and Tatum on a team, it's hard to see what he can do by himself. But uh yeah, that that that's my opinion on all star all star snubs and uh, who should be taken out. So, I think the interesting totally thing. I agree. Oh, uh, I, the reason I totally agree is I like how you brought up the point how you have to remove something. At first, I was like, "Oh, this guy needs to be in. This guy needs to be in." And then I looked at the roster and I'm like, "Well, I don't know if I can right. substitute any of these guys, right? Because they deserve it too." All these guys deserve it, but you can only have so many people on a team and there's been so many good NBA players. So um, I think this year was one of the hardest to uh, pick all-stars because I know there's always big snubs each year, but like, I feel like this year there felt like a lot. For sure. For I don't sure. know. It was, yeah. this is a good so year much talent. for um, stars like, and stuff. Charlie, what were you going to say? Oh yeah. Sorry. No, I, was go, say, I was going to say, I think the weird thing about the Trey Young thing is that he was an all-star starter last year, but he did not make it this year. And he was averaging still great numbers. And obviously his team is a little bit better this year. But It's not his fault, me, though. It's not his yeah, fault, Yeah, the thing is for me is that the system does not make much sense because he goes from an all-star starter last year where he was really just in there because the fans wanted him in there. He got, and his his fan vote dropped like a, like a ton this, um, this year. And mm-hmm. um, so basically if he doesn't make an all-star starter next year, I don't think he'll be an all-star because the coaches vote for the reserves, right? And right. the coaches are not big fans of Trey Young because how he draws the fouls, how he, yeah. does, not play, how he does not play defense, and really yeah. how the Atlanta Hawks are not a very good team. I mean, they I'm not saying they're a bad team, but they're not. Yeah, they, they have so much talent. They just don't know how right. to. And how to I do think that the Lloyd Pierce situation was awful. He is. I don't think he's done fired because yeah, I was just his team is so injured. How is it his fault? Exactly. Hey. It's, Hey, his I got team one is thing broken. I got one. This thing is the to one say. year he has a competitive team. Last year he was not. And have anybody? Walk, what's your opinion on it? What? He's he's been the coach for a long time. Three years. Uh, yeah. right. I'm break this Walk, down. you got to talk about this. I want to know I'm your right. opinion. Because actually, you know, this was, we didn't talk about it, so this is our first time talking about it. Um, listen, listen, listen. Lloyd Pierce, you know, I like. I actually do really like. All jokes aside, I love Lloyd Pierce as a person. Um, seeing what he does, like social justice wise, is just really inspiring. I think he's just a good player coach, player coach. And I think like the city of Atlanta embraced him, but, but 
we do have, you know, when you have a guy like Nate McMillan, who like, who was literally a head coach last year on a good Pacers team. Like, I, I don't, again, I don't want to like call it the Hawks, but isn't it kind of funny how we like take on this guy? Like, I like my thing. I think the Hawks like I've planned on firing Lloyd Pierce. Like, not to get all conspiracies, but I would not they be were surprised. On his downfall. I think so because you don't you don't get a guy like you don't get a guy like Nate McMillan as a really like that's good you get him as an assistant head coach but you're just telling me you know you happen to fire Lloyd Pierce it's kind of like the the Jason Kidd Lakers thing so when the Lakers hired Frank Vogel Jason Kidd was hired as an assistant I'm like all right well that then Jason Kidd was the coach that LeBron wanted so I thought that was pretty interesting and the weird thing for me is that Nate McMillan is known as kind of like a defensive coach but because he coached those years with the Pacers and they were heavily on defense and they were it's a good defensive team and with your star player like Trey Young who is not a very good defender actually is he this isn't he this statistically the worst defender in the league don't worry about it don't worry about it. yeah, yeah we don't talk about that it. yeah don't worry about it. Yeah. don't worry about defense um so I don't think that's going to match very well. And I think Lloyd Pierce and Trey Young kind of match very well. Cause if you look at his numbers last year, some of that has to go to the system of Trey Young or Lloyd Pierce giving Trey Young the keys to the offense. I, I, but yeah. I feel like, I, I feel like adding uh, McMillan, I, as, as a defensive, as a mainly defensive head coach, I feel like he, he can actually add a lot to, to, cause you know, their offense is, is running decent right now. You know, it's, it's not crazy, but when you have Capella and Trey, in the in the same uh it's the same lineup when they're playing uh i feel like it runs really well uh with the pick and roll especially but so i feel like work on the offensive side is uh not necessary when not as necessary when you have a defense like this you can't win games when you give up like 130 points exactly it's it's so difficult to win so i feel like mcmillan can really bring out the defensive side of our players especially uh bring guys out like uh deandre deandre he he's a good defender in my opinion i feel like we can really yeah. bring him out um he was great when he was healthy yeah we need we need more defense on the perimeter we're giving up way too many like threes and stuff like that it's yeah we just need an all-round defensive uh rebuild i feel like and i think mcbillen can bring a little bit of that to the team See, i mean i i totally agree with that because no matter who's coaching the hogs they're gonna be deadly or they're going to be a good offensive team they've trey young and it if you've trey young on your team you're going to be a pretty good offensive team right so if if they can get the defense sorted out they're a playoff team but they have to get the defense sorted out and that's not easy so this offense you guys are acting like they're a great offensive offensive team they're number 17 in offense they're not that good see listen but bottom bottom half in in offense think about me me. we signed a lot of like offense like gallo like yes and guys like that he's like defense yeah but you know (laughs) yeah we're living in in 2021 defense but the lakers won the championship last year and yes who was the number one defense who the lakers the lakers yeah yeah, so what are you saying? <laughs> oh, defense doesn't matter. Defense doesn't matter. Uh, matter. See, it matters, but like, if the Hawks are going to be in a shootout every night, they're not going to win a championship. They're in a no, shootout every no. night. That's they're true. always high scoring games. Because, like, so, think about the Hawks. They got to fix that. Like, with the Hawks, like, yeah. They we'll drafted up, a like, Kong Wu. You know, one. Has he even. Sorry, Walker. He's, he's, he's been hurt. He's, he's been coming back. Yeah. I will say, like, I think. And this may it's probably a bit of bias in this, but I feel like low key, like no one really talks about Capella for the All Star game. 
Brooke but Capella like, was snubbed too. Bro, that yeah, man is and like crazy. And if you look at his numbers, like he's statistically having such a good season. And he's like been the anchor of the Hawks defense. And like the pick and roll was him and the alley oop with JC and uh, Clint. It's like, it looks he goes crazy. But like no one talked about Clint for snub wise. I thought that was interesting. Try, I mean, Charlie, what do you think about that? I'm just saying that. Um... I think, yeah, Clint's, Clint's playing great. But uh, the big thing for me is that I hope Nate McMillan switches around the offense where Trey Young gets to play more off the ball because you see these comparisons a lot where Trey Young is compared to Stephen Curry, which is a fair comparison because they have very similar games. They love the, the long-range three, and they're good they're good playmakers. So um, You don't see Trey running awful. baseline. Though. Exactly. You, you see Curry, he's sprinting the whole – game you know he's just running yeah, running off screens I, i'm pretty sure um last year or maybe it was the year before he had run like three miles per game yeah yeah, just, yeah. Just off running yep. screens yep and that's why they won championships is because you get caught between three screens and the greatest shooter of all time has a wide open shot and i'm not saying that trey young's the greatest shooter of all time but he is very he's one of the best in the league so sure. get him open on open looks where you can get him get the ball out of his hands sometimes because if you just give him the ball every single possession, then the team the teams will start doubling, and then you'll have to rely on people like Cam Reddish hitting every three or John Collins. Yeah. And I'm not just saying they're like bad shooters, but they're just not. Like as Kevin Herter is a dead eye. Just like Devin Booker. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember when Zach Levine was drafted, he played point guard and he was awful. Mm-hmm. He was awful at point guard, and uh, they switched him. Right, he played a rules. lot of off ball. And now he's a star. And um, Devin mm-hmm. Booker, uh, he's having an okay season. Like, he's having an okay season. <laughs> yeah. He's playing good, but the start yeah. of the year, he's a little off. And uh, oh, Mike is Paul, not. He can yeah. listen the beginning of the season. That's what I meant to say. His beginning of the season. What is he going on? Uh, amazing <laughs> because Chris Paul. <laughs> What what did I what did I say? Sorry, oh, it's just a bit it's a bit so much. Oh, really? so much. Um, <laughs> but I mean it, with Chris Paul on the court, Devin oh. Booker's played so much better. The point guy. And um yeah. yes. Um I think when Devin Booker has the ball in his hands, it doesn't really show his true potential. He's better off ball for sure. Just like so, I'm sure Trey Young, he'll be good off ball too. So Walker, I said in chat a couple of days ago, right? I said mm-hmm. John Collins' camp was looking for a trade in Minnesota. You seem like you do not want to trade. Yeah, you don't seem like you want to trade John Collins okay. at all. Is that correct? I don't want to trade him. And he- but uh, let me start. The Hawks look like they're definitely going to trade him. So why do you, why Here's, don't you want? So, or you look like yeah. I'm, I'm all right. Here, you're good. Yeah. You seem like you want like the whole house back for John Collins. I've been so, sending you a lot of trades. You're like, oh, that's not enough. That's not enough. That's not enough. Because no. all right. So here's the thing about the John Collins. I'm just going to call it this John Collins situation. John Collins, like we've seen him with Trey, and he and Trey's pick and roll is very good. We can we've established that. He is a great rim runner. He is a great dunker. It sounds stupid, but like that is really important in today's NBA, being able to finish at the rim and being able to dunk it at that. And it's confusing because you, you don't want John Collins to walk for nothing. Giving him a max extension is crazy. It's scary. And then trading him, not getting enough value back is not good. Because right now the Hawks don't have a lot of leverage. Because when a player publicly announces that he wants a max, then teams are going to be like, oh, 
you know, we don't have to give you as much value back because you're going to want to get them away because you, you want to get value out of them. And that's the problem I don't like about players. I'm obviously saying they should have like their freedom of speech, but when they come out and say stuff like, oh, I want to get out of here, immediately the team just loses as much value they can get back. So really what the Hawks do, like I'm not necessarily going to be mad about it. Um, if we give them the extension, cool. I, I like John Collins as a player. He's been playing really well. Um, trade him. Okay, cool. Who do we get back? But if we let him walk, like we did with Millsap and Horford, I'm going to be very fr- frustrated and just angry. I understand wanting to resign him, but if you look at their young, you, they have such a young team, especially in that starting five. You have guys like Reddish and DeAndre Hunter, who obviously are still in their rookie deals, but those rookie deals don't last forever. And when they when they are out of those rookie deals, I'm not saying they'll want the max because I know those players know their value, but um, they're going to be one in a lot, especially DeAndre Hunter, who this year has really been really been great when he's healthy. And I think he'll he won't want the max, but he'll want pretty close. Yeah, I mean, with, with with my Hawks, uh, I just feel like we have so much talent on our team. We have so many good players, right? But it's it's about making the lineups to fit their uh yeah. their personalities and their styles so mm-hmm. you got you guys guy you got guys like rondo H- how many times have you seen rondo on the on the floor for the hawks this this season because for me i barely oh. see him anymore yeah yeah and, almost not at all yeah so you, you have people like him and then you have uh veterans like gallinari too who we we need to we need to start utilizing those guys and this isn't a comparison i want to make because of their uh play style because this is no disrespect to uh, anyone but we need to start putting people like Gallinari in a role like Jared Dudley. Okay. So th- this sounds weird, right? The- Gallinari is a, like 20 times better than Jared Dudley. Right. But we need to start using him as a veteran source for, uh, for the young players. Cause again, our team is really young, right? So we need to start having people like Rondo and Gallinari, like start leading the team a little better, not as the key players on the team, but especially in the locker room and things like that, we need to start having more chemistry. Uh, and I feel like it just starts with the veterans uh, helping the young players out like that. Well, here's the thing with Rondo for me. Like, we were just talking about Trey being able to play off ball. Um, obviously, like, we don't know everything, but I would assume that I mean, you don't get Rondo for shooting. You don't get Rondo for defense. You get Rondo for handling the ball and running the offense. Yeah. So right now the Rondo signing doesn't make any sense because if you're not playing him with Trey – which is not good defensively, but you don't just have Rondo just to put him on the court. Rondo like needs the ball in his hands to be successful and do well and help initiate the offense. So like when you talk about Trey playing off ball and playing a more Curry role, we can have that with Rondo. Exactly. That's Whatever what, that's the reason what I was the Hawks, thinking. Yeah. The Hawks don't choose to do that. Cause like when you think about it, our team can be so deadly. Cause you, let's say you run Rondo and Trey. So you have Trey, he can shoot and he's not going to handle the ball. You have to follow him. You have Gallo out there. You have to follow him. John Collins, he can shoot. You know, this, this team on paper should be a great team. Defensively, at first, you can't really play Gallinari and Collins at the same time. You need, um, like, Capello in there to yeah. like, balance it out. So I'm not saying that's a perfect lineup for the Hawks because there isn't. Like, the Hawks, the only player that started every game for the Hawks has been John Collins. And some of that's due to injury um, and other stuff. But, I mean, Hawks are just in a tough situation. Like, as much as I hate to say it, like, the first five games were awesome. We went, like, undefeated. But now we're really into the thing where we're like, okay, we have to really make the playoffs. Yeah, I, in my opinion, we need a second big that is a defender because you can't have Capella out there the entire game. 
because that, that it just doesn't work like that. You need to have a Capella and either a Collins or Gallinari out there at the same time. But then you need to have your bench with another, maybe like a, I don't want to say a Congo. I mean, if we see yeah, that, yeah, that was yeah. that was the point of drafting a Congo. Exactly. So, so if if we have him out there with uh, either Gallinari or Collins, I feel like if we if we start protecting the paint more, the threes, I I don't like our perimeter defense at all. You. Kevin Herter might be the worst defender I've ever seen play. In uh, I love I love Red Velvet, team. but uh, that man cannot play defense for his life. But hey, he when, had the shot, when, though. Yeah, he, he, he has an amazing touch on that yeah, shot. He gives up everything he, everything he gives on offense. Yeah, exactly. Up. exactly. That, and that, that's the point I'm trying to make. We we need to start protecting the paint more. If we protect the paint, then uh, we're – and then we allow our offense to go make some threes. Bro, we're we're going to be in some really – we're going to be in a really good situation if we're able to at least have defense in one in the backcourt or the frontcourt. So if you're a different team, what, oh wait, let me restart. What team would you guys like to see go after John Collins? I would like to see a team like Minnesota or are we Charlotte saying, are we saying what team would fit best or like the team we want to get value back from? Well, I'm going to ask like, you we could... who you want value back from. And I'm going to ask Micah who he thinks yeah. that, who who he think what team would say all right we want to go get him so ahead, Walker who who what team do you want back value back from all right off the top of your head is it Cleveland established what I consider value all right go do, is it Cleveland for you <laughs> I mean I mean um, we need a four see the thing about John Collins is we just don't I don't want to say we don't necessarily know his value but like we still, like teams haven't really been saying what. Like, we don't know what the expectation for John Con is trade value-wise. Because there will be a team that will want to offer him a max free agency. Like, oh, we see that all the time. Sure. Like, that's going to happen. But and value-wise. will make everything harder. Because um, he'll yep. only make you $4 million. Yep. So, I mean, if you want to try trading him, you'd have to put a player, I mean, who Solomon Hill. That's probably the best option because he still has a big contract. Um, or even, I mean, they want to trade I John forgot on. about Solomon Hill, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean. To be honest, like I can't answer the question. Um, I think value-wise, I'd want a player. He doesn't have to be as good as Collins, but maybe like Mike said before, a post defender um, or another rim runner, um, and then maybe a first-round pick along with that would be nice too. But again, so Javale uh, first. You want Javale yeah, get first? out of here? <laughs> Wait, we went first. <laughs> a click this year first. I'm protected. No, um, we'll, we'll give you a protected top five protected. I mean, I, there you go. I'd make that deal. I mean, yeah. I, Javale, mean, I don't know. I mean, do y'all have what about, a what about top ten protected? Would you make that deal? No, because I don't think the Cavs. Really? I think the Cavs are gonna have a top ten pick. I think they're gonna be in the lottery. Of course yeah, they I will want, be, are, and you... I want Jonathan Kaminja. <laughs> I don't want John Collins. I want Jonathan. You don't think they will be? No, I think they will be. I was just trying to mess with them. Um, I'm. I want Jonathan Kaminja as a Cavs fan because I want. I me and Emmett we've been keeping up with the G League a little bit. And I watched the. I think I've watched two of his games so far, and he's. Hey, you've been watching Jeremy Lin. I have. Oh my gosh, he's he nasty. He is, he is nasty. absolutely. Uh, oh my gosh! Someone how good sign those, him. These NBA Please. players actually are compared to even G League players. Yeah. Like, so if he's doing that to G League, imagine what he does at LA Fitness. At the yeah, the local lot. <laughs> because I mean, like, like we see. I think sometimes we forget how good NBA players are. TJ Warren in the bubble, right? Obviously, like all the jokes are like, oh, he's a Michael now. Jordan. Better than LeBron, right? But people forget, like, how good these players are. Like, to make the NBA – like, I'm going off on a mini tangent. But to make the NBA, it's like the – to one make D1, like, it's like 0.01%, right, of college Or athlete. even D2. Yeah, 
And yeah, stop the stop the disrespect to D two, D three, even JUCO. Yeah, they're still like, very talented. Like the workload for D three is the same as D one, but it's, it's just different competition. Harder, and it's harder because you have not nearly as nice facilities and more. And I'm just saying that the people in D three want it way more than people in D one. Yeah, like, as a, as a watcher from the outside, I can tell that the people in D three they said that I can just tell that they want it more than the like, guys in D one. Yeah, like South Alabama College, especially like, JUCO, especially yeah, JUCO. Yeah, JUCO. Look at JUCO. Because, like, a guy like a – like I said, like, South Alabama Central Tech, right, whatever it is, like, they're not going to have the nearly Wisconsin as good facilities as, like, UGA, right, or any D1 school. But the players there, like, to play D3, like, you have to be – you have to love the sport. And that's For one sure. thing I like – that's one thing I like about watching D3 basketball because these guys are putting their heart out, playing for scholarships. And no, no disrespect to D1, but it is – you yeah, can see there is so a difference. Still, so. Yeah, um, any college athletes. Yeah, and then so so you have to go from D three to D two to D one because you if you want the best chance of the NBA you have to go D one which is insanely difficult even for the most athletically gifted people. Then you have to get drafted out of sixty players, sixty. Yeah, and then maybe you get added in free agency, maybe, but summer league, and then still like a summer league roster is like fourteen guys, or you have to go overseas. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. which, like uh, Christian Wood wasn't did. drafted. Yeah, he barely won Grand Rapid Drive's last roster spot. Barely. And I look at him now. Got a bad. And people like Pascal Siakam yep. get onto the the G League team, or Fred VanVleet get onto the G League team. Spinner. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, fidget spinner. Um, and then you get on added to the roster, and maybe you get out of the roster, and then you're just on the bench. Then you yeah. have to work your way up to being a starter <laughs> or even a star. So it goes to lot. say, stop, stop the. Uh, NBA and just... By the way, about TJ Warren, when he and Karis Silver are healthy, the Pacers will be better than the Bucks. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> they'll, they'll be up there, though. I'm saying, I'm saying. No, TJ Warren. Yeah, I, I love it. They're really good right now, but imagine them with Karis Silver, who adds another yeah. 20 points, and TJ Warren, who adds another 20 points. I, I love TJ. Like, TJ Warren, just kind of legacy in the NBA is very funny. Like, you, I think we've seen the demographic or the clip of, like, Players that have averaged two thousand, like players that have scored two thousand five hundred and two hundred rebounds, and it was like that one Jordan Thaddeus Mary- Young. That one Thaddeus oh, Young. That is young. Like, start, it was like thirteen point nine points, six point two assists. Like what? Yeah, but um, oh, that was funny. Yeah, That's some ESPN stuff right there. Yeah, or same thing was like Giannis. It's like Giannis is the first player to score nineteen points, twelve rebounds on four, a Tuesday in Milwaukee. On a Tuesday, sixty-three degrees out, it's raining, <laughs> sweater yeah, weather. That's, that's, yeah, that's sweater weather. Yeah, that's, that's what ESPN would be doing. Um, so what else? Um, Emmett, I just want to get a little uh, check about how you feel about the Pistons right now because we do this. And Jeremy Grant, how do you feel about the Jeremy Grant? Jeremy Grant, how would you feel about him being traded? I don't know why the Celtics would get him because they don't need another wing, but you know, I mean, Danny smart. I don't know, man. We're not going to be competitive. <laughs> well, we're com- we're we're competitive, but we're not going to make the playoffs for a while. It looks like. So, I'm fine. With thank you for Jeremy you, Grant. By the way, I really appreciate you um, just coming to like terms with it. Like, thank you. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Uh, yeah, they were semi-competitive for a long they, time. Now it's time to if they can on. get a first-round pick for Jeremy Grant, that's a win. That's all I gotta say. Um, especially like, yeah. let's say we trade Jeremy. Yeah, let's say we trade him for like the Cavs or something that's gonna have a top ten pick or something like no. that. No, we don't want. Uh, I'll take that any day. Nope, we don't. I'll want take him. that any day. No. Um, I don't know who else is interested besides Boston. That's all I saw. But, hey, um, Emmett, 
I mean, how give about, us a first round pick and like, see a team like uh, Portland going after him. You know, they're it, talking about sending Langford. There's they're talking about sending Romeo Langford to the who? Pistons. I don't know <laughs> if you remember that, Walker. Um, um, I know who he is. I, Walker, I know who he is. Do you remember uh, when I wanted Romeo Langford? That, you remember so like, that draft? Little inside joke that Emmett and I <laughs> what year is what year is that? That was the year before twenty eighteen like, when he got drafted. Twenty eighteen. So yeah. Emmett, we're, I was at Emmett's house, and we're um we're watching the NBA draft, right? And and, and I have the Woj notification, so I know that oh, so like, draft of Romeo Langford, <laughs> and the Pacers are up. And I'm like Emmett, I'm at a tweet. Emmett, Emmett, they got him. Woj tweeted it. They got him. Emmett's all excited. It's like the Pacers have drafted Romeo Langford, or the Celtics have drafted Romeo the, Langford. The, the, Oh, he muted yourself. He's muted. Emmett, Emmett. Here we go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, sorry. But um, it it's was okay. Uh, okay. very annoying at the time, but um, mm-hmm. today, very happy. Well, Seku yeah, y'all drafted. Has an, yeah. yeah. And Seku Doomboy is mean, the next Giannis, right? He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> All the Giannis. Same with Don McCurry. So, um... <laughs> You know, I'm I'm down. If we get any young player, mm-hmm. like this, Detroit is the place to revitalize your career. We've already shown it. Two people. With who? With who? Wait, who? 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 who says? You know, I want to go. Josh Jackson. Josh. Go. Go look at Josh Jackson right now. I know, I'm but not he's even playing. Like, no, I'm serious. He's playing like that because he's former number one overall pick. What? He was not number one. He was four. He was four to oh, the Suns. Okay, he's still a top five. <laughs> whatever, it's the same thing. Yeah. Anyway, it's the same thing. He. So you're telling me seriously? You're you're you don't be, go look at Josh Jackson's stats right now. No, but he's he's insane. Like he gets the ball. Yeah, like it's empty he gets stats. The ball in Detroit. It's the place to revitalize your career. Same All with right. Dennis Smith. Look at Dennis Smith. He's, he's played, played like five games. He's, <laughs> he's been there for two weeks. He's played like twenty. <laughs> All right, Emmett. It's Emmett, insane. Emmett, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, Emmett, I'm gonna look that up, Dennis Smith. So, send me, literally, seriously, send me any rookie. Send me any young player. We'll get their value games. up and we'll trade them for a first round pick. We're gonna, Emmett. okay, same thing. No one's We're not, trading a first round pick for Josh Jackson. No, no one I, is. I never said that. I, <laughs> I said, I said, we're trading Jeremy Grant for a first round pick. Okay, so you want and, a lot uh, more than a give first us round another, pick for give us Grant. another buzz. Give us another no, you want a lot buzz. more. Than, you want a lot more for Jeremy Grant than a first round pick. Yeah, but I want, want a first round pick. He wants Dragon Bender. I'm trying. Yeah, Dragon Bender. I'm trying to talk. If you get Markel, I'm trying to talk. Oh, who did the Pistons draft? Darko Milicek. Yeah. Okay. It's not even his fault. It's not the team. It's not Darko. He would have been better. Anyways, all I'm gonna say, if we get Jeremy Grant, or if we get if we get a first round pick, and any young player that can revitalize their career that's that making has twenty million no dollars. value that has yeah. no value, well, we can take on cat pits. We have almost no. I know, but you have to you have to make the salaries match. Yeah, because the, the Celtics that, but... just can't take on another twenty million. They're at no. They're I, I'm not talking right about now. the Celtics. I hope we don't trade to the Celtics because if we get their first round pick, that's useless. We're gonna get like well, not well, right now. Actually, we'll get a lottery right pick. We'll get a lottery pick, but like Wait, that's still not nothing. Like I want to make like I want at least the top ten for Jeremy. Well, the and, Celtics. Uh, I don't know why they want Jeremy Grant because that's something. Give solution. me a buzz. Give me another is quote a, buzz and watch him. Watch him ball out. Watch him ball out. Emmett, Emmett, I have a question for you. Okay, so I'm the Hawks GM and you're the Pistons GM. All right, I call your phone up and I say, uh, Emmett, Emmett McQueenie, 
we want to offer you John Collins and in return, and let's just imagine we want to offer you John Collins and Solomon Hill in return. We want oh. Jeremy Grant and uh, what Killing next age. year, next oh. year, unprotected first round pick and a second, unprotected. second unprotected. Yeah, and a second unprotected. You taking that? That's deal? not fair. They have that's, to be that's protected. That's way too at much least, for John Collins. At least protect it. At least protect top, it. Top five protected. Top five protected. Top five protected. Here, do, you yes. build, do you want me to build this straight in the trade machine? Sure. Let's see. No. What, all right. Well, yeah. Do Pistons. it. Do it. But Pistons. All right. So uh, I'm you the GM. Walker? I'm the GM, and all I gotta say is, if we have an right, offer so for John Collins, John right? Collins, and Solomon Hill. So it's John Collins and Solomon. Wait, next year's or this year's first? Because this I don't want to give up. Solomon years. Hill is making one million dollars. So oh man. Work. Oh, he's not on the big contract anymore. No. Oh, so you're yeah, gonna have to give up. Awesome. You're gonna have to give up Bogdan or someone like that. Or no, you can put Tony Snell in there. Put Tony Snell. Tony Snell, that's all that's, si- that's up to Ew, 16. I totally year. forgot about uh, Tony Snell on the Hawks. Yeah, man. he was on so the So now we need another 3 million. Years. Walker, would you give up Chris Dunn? Yes, they're on Chris Dunn. Yes. He has a, he has a give me Chris Dunn. And then we're throwing Jeremy. Give me Chris Dunn. another 2 million. Walker, do you want Sneak Bay? Oh, no. Sure, I'll tell. Bring him in. No, I'm not even. Are you? Well, listen, if you subtract one of those four. All right, do you want Sneak Bay or do you want Jaleel Okafor? I'll take Joel Okafor. Because the Pistons clearly haven't revitalized his career. So, Listen, he's been injured. All right, so one more first round. Here's the trade. So, wait, how many first round picks do you want, Emmett? I want one. I want Walker. You want one. One unprotected or one? From the Pistons. Mm. We'll go top three protected. Top three protected. All right, so here's the trade. I like that. The trade is Jeremy Grant, Jaleel Okafor. Okafor. Um, and a top three protected first round pick for Tony Snell, Chris Dunn, and John Collins. Yes, Tony and Snell part disappointing match. me a little bit. But, and the Pistons would get know, two wins. Worse. How many? How many years is Tony Snell on? Please tell me it's just one. <laughs> tell me it's one. It's one. All right, thank you. I and will do that John, deal. But John 100%. Collins, John Collins' contract. You know the, the sad part. The sad part is the Pistons wouldn't make that deal. Because I don't. Well, maybe they would, but Travis, they're Trey, not. I know. Travis, yeah, had Troy Weaver really, to this. really fired his best friend like that, bro. Troy Weaver would. I already know he. He probably wouldn't accept that trade just because he loves first round picks, and I love him too. But <laughs> we get John Collins. If John Collins came to Detroit, he'd be like an MVP level player. Just because he would not. Yeah, it was like it was like twelve wins. It was like twelve wins, no, no. like eight wins. If they're giving up Jeremy yeah. Grant, they're sacrificing all their wins. Because John Collins so, is not an ISO player. You can't play ISO. All I gotta say is the the roster would look like you would have Dunst. Ooh, yeah. So no, you would have Kelly Delon Hayes. Wright, but he's injured. No, uh, oh yeah, Killian Hayes. Well, okay, this is next. This is for next year. Next Killian Hayes. Killian. Uh, backup, either Delon or please keep Dennis Smith. Please, please Dennis <laughs> Smith. Um, and then, oh my gosh, this team would be stat. Not really. Wayne oh, Ellington. No, it would You Dennis. We Smith have to. Your everyone made fun guard. of Wayne Ellington signing. Revitalized again. He, <laughs> Dude, he was in Detroit. No, be quiet. Be quiet. He was in that, Detroit that before. Did they nothing. traded him. They traded him to New York. He was straight dog cheeks in new york and he was gonna like retire and the yeah. pistons were like come back revitalize he came back <laughs> Dude, he like top three-point shooters you're saying revitalize i guess you, it's say, like great money. Like, revitalize. you, say, that, you say that we're revitalized like the player is just like we transform players so bad and then you tra- you train them to be good again 
Well, like, what you, he's a point specialist. <laughs> like, the Lakers should target him. I'm not kidding. He'd be great off the bat. Right, let's look at let's look at Wayne Ellington's stats this year. Yeah, was, I Wayne. want to see how much the Pistons. All right, Wayne Ellington is averaging oh, that, 11 points per game. What did I say? And what's the Pistons record? What's the Pistons uh, record? Seven wins. Walker, we have the Lord. second. Oh my hardest. god! Oh, here it is again. Second Third hardest, hardest schedule, schedule in the NBA. And you can get so, more wins than that, Evan. Come on. We. <laughs> and, and the Cavs um, have like the third hardest schedule, and they have they're almost third. We could have just beat, and the and the Cavs are two wins behind the Hawks. We've two. legit beat every team. We beat beat every good team in the NBA, but we've lost to every bad team. We've yeah, that's lost. Not good. Yeah, I know that's terrible. We've lost to like the Cavs so many times. <laughs> we lost to the Cavs both games. We lost to the Hawks both games. We lost. While we're talking about the Cavs and the Pistons, do you want Andre Drummond back? No. I do. I had his experience with Andre Drummond. So I love Andre Drummond. He's a great player. He's not great. He's awesome. He's so bad. He is a great player. No, he's not. See, I can't. See, that's just slanderous. Look at his stats. Fourth grader. He's the best rebounder. He's all time. Top five rebounder of all time. Yeah, and he has like the most, and he and, shoots like forty-eight percent um, as a center. He will always stay on the Pistons' all-time team off the bench. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I thought you were about to say starter. I'm like, mm. you know, is he going to get his jersey retired? Does Andre Drummond his jersey retired? No, why would he? Or, why? And what are his out out actually Pistons? Like, uh, hey, where did he, where did he retire his jersey? I want him to retire. Well, for one year, and you know why? Dude, it's annoying. Blake. No. No, no, no. Well, yeah, he had like. <laughs> yeah, they made because Blake was averaging twenty-five you know, and seven. I would like to. I would like to speak. You know, we will be an NBA champion within the next ten years. All right. Uh, okay. 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 So this where, this okay yeah, you don't right. think with the okay. with the first round picks, with the amount of first round picks, yeah, we have, take you guys we draft seven years. one of those. We draft one of these. Oh my gosh! I already know. Um, <laughs> just give us the first overall pick. Um. We're gonna. Oh my gosh, we better tank for like three more seasons. Hopefully, we can yeah, have you're like. We're gonna be out of high school. Oh my gosh, we're yeah, gonna have so, like hey. a pure rookie lineup. <laughs> Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes. Who? Wait, shoot, shoot. Kate I Cunningham. Can't remember his name. Cunningham. Kate Cunningham, shooting guard. Why would you start oh, no, him at small two? He's not a two. Oh, I mean, he. he Are you gonna trade Killian? He's listed into... as a guard. He's listed as a guard. I know, but he's a point guard. He's six seven. I, he's a point guard. He's like he Ben can Simmons. Play. He he can. Uh, well, yeah. You know, or do you want Jalen? I guess Killian can play shooting guard. He was terrible with the ball in his hands this year. So yeah, he has. He's well, Killian at uh, shooting guard. Uh, shoot, who's our forward gonna be? I don't know, man. Isaiah Simmons. Oh no, sorry, Sadiq Bay, small forward, power forward. Isaiah Stewart. Jeremy Grant. Hopefully, Jeremy Grant. Oh yeah, Jeremy Grant. And then Isaiah Stewart. Oh, by You're the way, telling Killian me Hayes, that's not a goat lineup. Killian that's Hayes. Like a, that's like a. That's like a. That's like a. That's you know, like a, I'm that's just like a so excited. I'm like so excited. Team. How about Mason Plumlee, though? Oh, yeah, what my gosh, Mason so good. Dude, I'm serious. <laughs> I've, I, no, everyone made fun of the Mason Plumlee signing. I did, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, revitalize. Revitalize. Shut up. He was still good on the Nuggets. He was good Dude, on the Nuggets. I know. He's straight. He's he's a bad boy piston. It's 
it makes me cry <laughs> watching him the on the court because he's, he's, he's like, so like he's like Bill Lambier. He, he legit punches people in the face, just like I did. <laughs> he, never he, like, he threw Giannis to the ground. He threw Giannis to the ground. It's like this Remember is the team I over, want. Uh, Troy Weaver is creating the bad boy Pistons again. No, yeah, yeah. And the the issue is the NBA is so soft now. We can't win a championship being the bad boys because we're just gonna get fouled out of the games. So yeah, then why did you sign him? I he's a bad boy and we're tanking. Why did you sign him? Isaiah Isaiah Simmons or gosh Isaiah Stewart. He legit fouls out of every game in like nineteen minutes. It's so cool. Like he needs to stop fouling, but man, when we're losing. Ah, uh, it's the only exciting thing to watch him hack at someone. He bullies <laughs> veterans. A rookie bullies wait, veterans. This is turned into an Evan special. backing them down all day. Yeah, this yeah. is backing them down. Mike, all you're not you're not going to be in the title now. So yeah, it's, 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 right, it's well, going to be Emmett. Goes, Emmett, Emmett goes to lose about, about the Pistons. The Pistons. I'm, I'm I'm all done with the Pistons. That was a long rant. Wait, that, was like, that was like half of this half of this meeting. Pointless. That was good. All right. Well, is that all we have? Micah and Walker and the uh, other guy. I think I think we. There's one last thing. Who right. needs to pick up Jeremy Lin? The Warriors. Warriors. Oh, a team that's competing. No, Clippers. Clippers. Clippers, gonna, Clippers. Clippers. The Clippers, Lakers. Clippers, any Clippers, team. Clippers. Any team that's gonna make the finals. Clippers. Um, they need I a want him point to guard. win a championship. And no, we'll just let's send him to Detroit and have its career yeah, revitalized. No, I'm not revitalized. Saying, <laughs> that. See, we'll get Linsanity back if he goes to the Yeah, distance. we're going to get Linsanity. Oh, my gosh. Do you know how insane that would be? He would average like 45 points, and then we could, <laughs> okay. we could get a first-round pick for him. We revitalize. <laughs> Why would someone give up a first-round pick for 38-year-old Jeremy Lin? Jeremy Lin because is too old. Because he's going to average like 45 points. You're gonna have like a Chrome Believe alone, it. like yeah, 35 year old in I could season. average 20 for the Pistons. Oh my gosh, that's a slander. <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if we play basketball today, and Killian we'll, Hayes um, couldn't I'm average more than four. You really think? All right, well, all right, <laughs> enough of that. All right, well, thank you for listening to the Set the Screen podcast. We'll see you next time. Go check out at the Mellow Yellow on Twitter, Instagram, yes, all that stuff. Uh, tune in the next episode. You single out Thanks. now. Peace.